We've had one wave after another of the presence and power of the Lord. And I want to thank all of you for letting uh, such a presence of the Lord to just flow through you. And um, I, I, I only have a couple of slides. I don't want to take a long time and preach a long sermon. I, I, I hope that you begin to understand, and I know so much could be said about your conscience and how the Lord uses it and the enemy wants to beat us up with it, but I, um, I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord is able to cleanse our conscience, aren't you? Hallelujah. And how does he cleanse it? Just like what we were feeling around here tonight. So if you'll just take a couple of minutes, have a seat, and I'm going to just uh, uh, go over a couple of slides, and then our time is up. Uh, we'll start at number... 19, <laughs> slide 19, I, uh, I, I talked about how <clears throat> that 2 Samuel, the 13th chapter, and how Tamar felt so bad, and I started reading this in Isaiah where Jesus spoke what he read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, preach good tidings to the blind, opening, heal, binding up the brokenhearted, Proclaiming liberty to the captives, the opening of prison to them that are bound, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And this hour, the enemy would like to pull us in one of two directions. Either we accuse or we excuse. We either spend our energy trying to justify what I'm doing, or I spend my energy trying to say it's not, you know, I, I can justify it, it's not, not bad, or I accuse everybody else of being the bad guy and it's none of it sticks on me. Either way, I'm doing the wrong thing. When the Lord convicts me of something, I need to remember he wants me to minister to him. That's what Isaiah said that I will be a priest, but ye shall be named the priests of the Lord, and men shall call you ministers of our God. For your shame you shall have double. What does that mean? I don't care what the enemy tries to, to take from you and defeat you with and tell you that you're bound and can't get victory. The Lord is able to give you double for everything the enemy tries to steal. The beautiful story of that is Job, when Job, you know, had uh, all the things that he had taken from him. The Bible says that he got double back for everything the enemy thought he was robbing. You have to realize that there is, the Lord knows how many hair you have on your head. He is not going to allow the enemy to take anything back that he will not restore double. I'm thankful that's the kind of God I serve. As a matter of fact, the only thing that Job didn't get doubled back for was children. And some people, have, the Jewish scholars have said the reason he didn't get 
20 children, he had 10 that were killed, was because those 10, as far as the Lord were concerned, were still alive. He just gave him 10 more. <laughs> he gave him double camels, double ox, double goats, double sheep, double everything. But you know what? The Lord knew those children are in safe in his hands. I don't care how much that, well, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? There is no sting in that. They're asleep. Hallelujah. And so he said, for confusion, you shall rejoice in your portion. Man, I, what are you saying? And, and I, I have seen this. And I don't, I don't want to make a, a big deal about it, but I have seen it. I can't tell you how many times people that have been attacked by Alzheimer's and dementia and whatever the doctors say, and yet they come into the presence of the Lord and they're able to praise God. They're able to sing. They're at, what are you saying? For confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. I want to tell you, there's something about the spirit in us that will click. Oh, you say, well, maybe they can't say the words anymore, but I believe spirit to spirit. I don't believe the Lord's going to ever leave us or forsake us no matter where we are. And he said, they shall possess the double and everlasting joy shall be unto them. And then it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation, covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decked himself with ornaments and a bride adorned herself with jewels. So the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. What do you say? That when my conscience has been washed, there's something about it. I can't help but praise God. I can't help but worship God. I can't help but magnify God. And you say, well, and that's why John would say, you know, if any man sin, you know, you're telling, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. But he said, uh, you know, he said the blood, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all Sin. If we have, we say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we, he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying that don't allow your conscience to accuse or excuse. You know, whenever I've felt that, you know, whatever, whether it's my conscience, whether it's the devil, you know, just like Zachariah. Zachariah said the angel didn't say, I rebuke you, which he could have. He said, the Lord rebuke you. And that's what you have to do. When the enemy points out your filthy garments or whatever, you got to say, the Lord rebuke you because I don't know why he chose me, but you know what? He did. And he's willing to cover me with a robe of righteousness. I'm thankful one day I was buried in his name. The blood was applied. What a privilege it is that we can feel the touch of his presence. Oh, you, you see and, and I was studying with these young folks in Hyphen and I and you, you read the word addictions and addictions are actually idolatry. 
Did you know that? Because addictions, you read it in the original Latin, means a devotion to something. It means an adoration. It means a worship of something other than God. And so the real meaning of the word addiction is idolatry. And that's why the Bible is so full about idolatry. That's why the Lord will work on your addictions and my addictions. Huh? You can say, well, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it matters to God. He does not want me to fall into idolatry. Ezekiel says, son of man, these men have set up their idols in their heart, put a stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. When you read in Samuel, <clears throat> Saul was told rebellion is equal to witchcraft. Stubbornness is like idolatry. Can you imagine that? A 15-year-old kid that's stubborn is an idolater? Huh? Why? Because what they're saying in their stubbornness is, I know what's best. I know what's best for me. I know what I like to do. I know what I want to do. I'm sorry. I, I don't do it that way. And who are you to tell God how to do it? Oh, when you have submitted yourself to his presence, you're, you're willing to say, Lord, I need your presence. I need your spirit. That's why... Corinthians, it says, flee idolatry. That's why Galatians 5 says idolatry is a work of the flesh. That's why Colossians says that idolatry has to be mortified. So what are you saying, Pastor? And this is the last slide. 1 Peter, the 5th chapter, 16th verse. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh you the reason of the hope that is in you. How with meekness and fear, having a good conscience. What do you say? That it's not about me. It's about what the Lord has done for me. It's not about how good I am. It's about how good he is. Lord, I want to keep a good conscience before you that whereas if they speak evil of you as an evildoer, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse you. And Paul told them in Corinthians, for our rejoicing is this, that the testimony of our conscience, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you. What do you say? <clears throat> That's why I have to have services like this where I dump out, say, Lord, wash me again. Amen. Wash me again. Wash me again. I want to have a good conscience. I want to have a clear conscience. And I don't want to try to excuse my behavior. I don't want to try to accuse or blame everybody else. And I, I understand. I, I've, I've had to deal with people that, you know, they could give me a list as long as my arm of why they are bitter, angry, frustrated, hurt, bad, been done wrong. And you know what? The Lord wants to wash all of that away. You say they don't deserve it. They're bad. I agree. You know what? You with without sin cast the first stone. Huh? Oh, but you know, you don't understand what they did. Yeah, I know. 
but for my sake, my conscience, for the Lord to answer my prayer, I got to bring it to the altar. Say, Lord, here it is. I just want you to wash me. I want you to heal me. I want you to touch me. It's not about Brother Gators. It's not about Brother Hall. It's not about Sister Karen. It's is about me. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your presence. And when I have that, I want to tell you, we'll have services just like this tonight where the presence of the Lord just permeates us. Let's stand. Oh, hallelujah. What a sweet presence of the Lord we felt. <clears throat> I understand that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. He'll beat you up. If he can't get you to be self-righteous, he'll get you to be, feel like a worm that you have no business raising your hands. He jerks you one way or another. That's his job. Because what's amazing is that in one day, every sin could be washed away. He washed me. I was whiter than snow. I could plunge back under that flood. Hallelujah. I know we've worshiped, we've prayed. Let's just come one more time and thank him.